Thanks for listening to SAFM's Beck and Soda. For that, you deserve a holiday with RAA. Win your dream holiday thanks to RAA Travel. Just register at safm.com.au. RAA does holidays everywhere, every day. Book yours today with RAA. SAFM's Beck and Soda. Good morning. Oh, good morning, South Australia. Good morning, Rebecca Morse. Um, I've got to say, I've walked in here <laughs> to a meeting this morning. You look flustered. The situation. The first aid kit is out. Uh, our big boss, Flack, is walking around with rubber gloves, which I think he was still wearing from last night. <laughs> I cannot work out what is happening. I <laughs> opened the door mm. on one of my toes this morning and sliced it. Hang on. Sliced? Well, I think it was a slight, cut it. It looks like a mere flesh wound. Yeah. What I the, cannot understand is I walked into the boardroom where we have our meetings and you are lying down <laughs> on the couch yeah. and I'm thinking it's like you've been shot. You didn't comment though. You just started the meeting and I'm like, is anyone going to ask why I'm lying down? Well, it, faint? Looked, it looked like a pathetic attempt to grab some attention. Oh! <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, You've got a little cut on your toe. Do you know when you stub your toe that the pain is much bigger than what the injury looks like? I was, I was thought it's throbbing right, right now right. as we speak. I've got a throbbing toe mm-hmm. <laughs> that I'm going to have to carry through this show. So you, I'm going to need some start. sympathy. Um, I have worked out that our big boss Flack is not the first aid representative because on his gloves as he's trying to put the Band-Aid onto your toe, yeah. all he's managed to do is wrap the Band-Aid around his gloved <laughs> finger. Seriously. Who is, do we have a first aid rep on this floor? Apparently it's him. <laughs> Seriously. He's probably our fire warden as well. Oh, gee. Well, he, well, well, yes, oh, he was. Oh, he's the, nodding. Uh, was can, he the COVID marshal? Remember the yes. COVID marshals? How annoying were they? There's one thing I have noticed. I know that our big boss, Flack, yeah. is a CFS volunteer. Oh, and well done. And well done. <laughs> Well done to you, Flack, and all the other CFS volunteers. I hope he never has to rescue a cat that's cut its toe. (laughs) But I can tell you one thing. He does, if he is the fighter warden and he's a CFS volunteer, he would take his job very, very seriously. His first job was traffic marshal at an an incident. No, really? Lollipop guy. Oh, no. But given his work at first aid, he's the sort of bloke to put a fire out, he'd probably pour petrol on it. SAFM's Beck and Soda. The Hot Mess Express. Okay, so, oh, so you will gee. learn this about me. Yes. I'm a hot mess. Mm-hmm. I am accident prone. I right. mess things up all the time. So this is the latest example. Are you a clumsy klutz? I'm a bit of a clumsy klutz. <laughs> um, so I'm at Henley Beach in the Foodland car park. Mm-hmm. Now, during summer, parking is premium in Henley Beach. It is yep. so hard to get a park because everyone who wants to go to the beach will park in the Foodland car park. So I've done my shopping. I'm driving my husband's car. I'm Mm -hmm. not really familiar with it. He has a key that you require to put into the ignition. It's not like a push start. Oh, hello. Yeah. Oh, it's an, oh my God. It's a late model Mazda. <laughs> <laughs> so, he has a key that requires to go in the ignition. Yeah. Oh, he hasn't got a push button car. <laughs> oh, my God. How so, do you stay married to so James? The, key, the wow. key is one of those ones that like hides in on the side yeah. and you have to press a button and then the yeah. key comes out. Were you familiar with inserting a key into a yeah. hole and turning it? I had that bit. So I get in the car. Someone is following me and they see me get in the car. Mm. Blinkers on. They're waiting for me to back out. Gotcha. I can't get the key yep. out of the key bit. Don't you just press a little button and yeah, it Yeah, the button didn't, it didn't flick. 
Oh, it no. wouldn't flick. Like the a flicker flick knife. Would, the flicker wouldn't flick. And I'm feeling flustered. It's hot. I've got someone waiting. I'm banking yeah. up traffic. I can't get the key into the ignition. I stick my nail in to pull it out because a tiny bit's protruding. Yeah. I break my nail. Oh, the no. next tragedy in my life. These first world problems, <laughs> I don't know how you're able to overcome them and survive. This is amazing. I'm getting more and more flustered. And the yeah. person I can see is getting like, why isn't she starting the car? They're probably assuming I'm looking at my phone or something. Mm. I'm so flustered. I cannot get the key out. I get out of the car and the person's looking at me and I'm, I'm jingling the keys and I'm trying to signal to them I can't get the key in the ignition. Right. They in the end just throw their arms up, leave the car park. I'm so desperate as to how I'm going to oh, get no. the key. Yes. There's a pharmacy oh, inside no. the Henley Beach Freeland. I walk up there. Yeah. I had to purchase yes. tweezers. <laughs> what? I go to the pharmacist. I buy tweezers. I spend like $12 on tweezers. I open the tweezers and I had to use tweezers to get the key out of the thing to start my car. I broke my nail. I held up traffic and I had to buy tweezers to get my key out. What is wrong with you? This is SAFM's Beck and Soda. Beck, one of my favourite words in the world is authenticity. And that is being you, the real you. Yeah. So when you just told that story before about how you had some problems with the keys to James' car and you actually had a hissy fit and you panicked and you nearly wet your pants in the shopping centre car park. I didn't nearly wet my pants. I nearly cried. I must admit, I nearly cried over Well, a there car was key. liquid somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but what you wouldn't reveal to everyone is what happened when you got on the phone to James. Okay. There was a bit more. So can you please okay. let everyone know the real you? Quick recap, I got stuck in my husband's car because his little key wouldn't pop out and I couldn't start the car and there was someone waiting for my... Is that a euphemism? <laughs> that his little key wouldn't pop out? I was holding up traffic. Someone was waiting for my car park. I was very hot flustered. Yes. It was like a 36 degree day. I had to go into the chemist and buy a pair of tweezers mm. to get the key out in order to start the car. Very flustered. A little, I, just, I broke a nail also trying oh, to get geez. the key out. So anyway, I'm, I, I get in the car. You're holding keys as we speak. I get in the car. I finally I get home mm. and I pick up the phone and my poor husband answers the phone. I'm like, I have just got stuck in the Henley Beach car park because I couldn't get your key out. You need to get a new key now. I made him go at a couple of hundred dollars expense and cut a new key or I refuse to drive his car again. (laughs) That poor bloke. poor man. He had to go down to Westlakes and get a new key cut because I lost my mind over getting stuck in the car park and it wasn't cheap. How much? Forget you, I, they're a deer because it's an electronic key. Uh, yeah, because it was an How electric much? key. I think it was. A, I think it was two hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> More than the groceries that I just bought at Food <laughs> You're listening to SAFM's Beck and Soda. Oh my gosh! Look at these trending topics. It is the biggest gossip story in Australia right now, and the headline reads: Celebrity stout Michael Clark and Carl Stefanovic in wild scuffle amid cheating claims. Amazing. When I saw that headline, I think it was one of those Daily Mails or something, yeah. I went, oh, wow, this is huge. Well, and then I read it and I look, thought, what a mischievous a, piece of clickbait. It's still a big bait. story, but that implies that somehow one of those two men has cheated with the other man's partner, and that has not happened. 
No, that's right. That's what I said. It's massive clickbait. Yeah. Uh, it is still a pretty distressing uh, video that someone filmed in a public park up in Noosa. But what I didn't know is that Michael Clark and Carl Stefanovic are dating sisters, mm-hmm. Jade and Jasmine Yarbrough. So those two couples were out for dinner. Um, it sounds like Jade, Michael Clark's girlfriend, who I'm now thinking after this video as an ex-girlfriend, was in contact with Michael Clark's ex-girlfriend. His ex-girlfriend is very high profile. Would you, have you been to the gym and seen women wearing PE Nation yes. training gear? Her name's Pip Edwards. Pip Edwards. She owns that, yeah? Yeah. So she is a very successful businesswoman. Their exes. Somehow those two women were in contact and it seems to have emerged that Michael Clark has been involved with Pip uh, during the time he's been with Jade. Pip's issued a statement saying she didn't know this, so I don't Mm. want to um, imply that that she was somehow to blame for this. Michael Clark has issued a statement saying, I accept full responsibility for this altercation and I'm shattered by my actions. The video is pretty graphic. Um, Jade is really distressed, so we're deciding not to play any of the audio of her being distressed because she obviously doesn't know she's being filmed and it's pretty sad for her to have the whole of Australia watching her um, her public fight. He uh, mm. Clark tore his hamstring um, in this fight, uh, and then Carl Stefanovic, who's dating the sister, tries to get involved, and Michael Clark turns on Carl. Hang yeah. on, so Clarky, while she's she's actually given him a bit of a clip, hasn't she? Yeah, she's screaming abuse at him because wow. she's just found out what's happened, and he's fought, and he's jagged his hamstring. Yeah, so he's played cricket against some of the best players in the world, and it's taken his girlfriend actually mm. to yeah. have a go at him to do his hammy. Um, can we just say too? So she's clearly hit him by the sound of things. Um, she, yeah, she has slapped right. him in the face. Can I just um, one eight hundred respect yeah. is the number. Now, this is horrific. Yeah, uh, and the worst part is they're airing this, and everyone's now looking and talking about it like us. I know. But the worst part is um, there's domestic violence incident in this, whether it's a man or to yeah. a woman or and a it woman may, to a and, man. And we acknowledge it may be triggering for people who are in that situation. And the fact it's played out so publicly with such public. Um, people, uh, profiled people, is, is quite distressing. Um, but uh, he does involve, and this is obviously where the headline has brought Carl Stefanovic in, he does turn on, on Carl when Carl tries yeah, to get involved. Yeah, it's pretty full-on audio, just a bit of a yeah. warning here. Now look, I'm tell you now, don't you walk away. She can. She can punch me, you, you Jeez. Yeah, pretty explosive. On. So, yeah, obviously Michael Clark has uh, not come out smelling like roses. He just said, uh, he's told the Daily Telly, I'm absolutely gutted. I put people I hold in the highest regard in this position. My actions in the lead up to this altercation were nothing short of shameful and regrettable. So uh, I'm shattered because of my actions. I've drawn women of class and integrity and my mates into this situation. I own this fully and I'm the only one at fault. So I think it's good that he's at least owning it. Um, and uh, But it just goes to show everyone has a camera phone everywhere you go. You can't. Well, you can't behave like this behind closed mm. doors either, but... So, is Michael, that's an admission of guilt that he was clearly playing up behind his girlfriend's back? I, I would read between the lines and say yes, but I feel very sorry for poor old Jade um, and even the other woman who's been drawn into this and the fact that it happens so publicly. But yeah, the headline, if you've read the headlines, Carl Stefanovic didn't cheat. No. That's, I mean, that's what the headline implies. Yeah. But mm. be very careful when you when you read articles like this to, to assume that you know everything that's happened behind closed doors, obviously. 1-800-RESPECT is the number yeah. if there are any domestic violence issues. SAFM's Beck and Soda. Is it right? Is it wrong? 
Okay, here's your chance to solve some moral dilemmas here. You can win $1,000 if you send in a right or wrong that you might have. Mm-hmm. Beck, I was in the supermarket with my three kids, right? I've got 10-year-old Felix, 7-year-old Sienna, and 6-year-old Otis. The two boys, well, they're sort of fun-loving and mischievous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my little daughter, Sienna, she is the moral compass of our family. Good. She's very in-tuned and sensitive uh, and quite empathetic, I think, well beyond her years. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're walking along and uh, I was doing a little bit of shopping, which is a very rare sight to see me walking through the supermarket. Men can shop. No, I know men can mm. shop, but I, not often do I do it. Okay. Anyway, the other day I sat there and I've grabbed uh, some food and we're going through fruit and veg and grabbed some grapes. And I just propped the grapes up in that little, you know, the little child seat yeah, area yep. in the trolley. And then as we're just cruising around going through the aisles, I was just sort of munching away, keeping myself uh, you know, fulfilled. Had a couple of grapes and... My daughter actually stopped me and she goes, Dad, stop stealing the grapes. I said, Sienna, come on, just relax a little bit. And I said, I'm not stealing the grapes, I'm just trialing them, just to make sure I really like them. She goes, Dad, that's stealing, stop it now. And she's getting quite vocal and she started to get upset. I go, Sienna, it's only a grape or five. It doesn't matter. Take it easy. It's a couple of handfuls. Anyway, she actually stopped and she grabbed me and she goes, Dad, go and put the grapes back or stop eating them. And I said, seriously. And then I actually thought for a moment that kids now are more socially and culturally aware, certainly, than I was as a kid. Yeah. They know, look, my kids talk about the environment, right, and doing the right thing. And I thought about it and I thought, wow, this is the change in generations that we're seeing. But I sat there and I thought, come on, what's a couple of grapes? There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, it's the thin edge of the wedge, though. What else are you eating while you're going around? Cherries. Mr. Shoplifter. Cherries? Where do you put the... The huh? pips. Where do you put the stones when you've eaten it? Well, I spit them into my hand. And I flick them under the aisles. No. What? Well, not often, but I might try a couple <laughs> just to check that they're juicy enough and oh. sweet enough to buy. Oh, that's full. And occasionally, you know, they'll pick and mix when you go over and get all the nuts mm. and the trail mix and so forth. Yeah. I sort of get a bag of that and I'll have a little trial before I weigh it. Mm. You know, so shop I might walk lifter. around. It's not shoplifting. <laughs> yeah. You get to trial. You know, when you go to the supermarket, sometimes there's people there that have samples, mm. you yeah. know, and they might say, hey, try this little bit of pizza. Go to the McCain aisle and you can buy a McCain pizza because they no, try and get you in. Not the same. It's a similar sort of thing that I'm conducting myself. No. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's put Come it out on. to Adelaide. Right or wrong to eat grapes while you're in the grocery <laughs> store? Shari in Clayview, right or wrong? Hey, Beck and Soda, how are you? Good. What do you reckon? Uh, I'm definitely with Soda. Yes. I've definitely done it myself with the grapes. In fact, yesterday. Oh. <laughs> oh but how, how many? Oh, you've got to try, you know, two or three. Right. Those, um, those things are expensive nowadays per kilo, so you need to try them before you buy them. Absolutely. I also think there's a bit of a hygiene thing. If you're plucking grapes off the, the bunch that are still on there, then other people are going to take that home and you've had your dirty mitts on them. Yeah, but you're not touching other people's grapes. But some people might. Yeah. I've seen people take grapes as they walk past from a bunch. Yeah, but that's okay. Because, you know, if you taste them and you go, you know what, they're a little sour, I don't want to buy them. I don't think there's an issue with that. You need to at least have that little opportunity. I think it's fine. Are you taking a bite out of a Granny Smith and popping no, it back, mate? Not. No, that's absolutely wrong. Is oh, it right? he's found the line. It's right or wrong <laughs> to try a few grapes All right. or maybe some cherries or not cherries. maybe a couple of cashews. Is it right? Is it wrong?
Yeah, I hope the police commissioner's not listening this morning because Soda's just confessed that he's a serial kleptomaniac. I'm not a shoplifter. Mate, a couple of cherries, maybe some nuts, the odd grape or seven. It's like a grazing platter as you walk around. <laughs> just having a little uh, little dibs plate that I've set up a as I'm walking charcuterie through. Charcuterie, perhaps? <laughs> Opening up the milk, having a drink of that, are you, mate? Well, sometimes a little swig. No, uh, listen, mate. They're there to try. There's nothing wrong with try before you buy, right? Mm. It's like going to the library. Just go and read the book before you go to Angus and Robertson and make a purchase. There's nothing wrong or with that at all. Or flicking through a magazine as you stand in the right. room and then putting it back. No. 13, you don't 10, 60. marry the first person you meet. A lot of people do. Try before you buy. <laughs> right, right or wrong. 13, 10, 60 to steal the grapes from the supermarket. Absolutely. Oh, little Miss Goody Two-Shoes. Bex never put her hand on a grape. Of course not. Uh, Ellie from Aberfoyle Park. Good morning, Ellie. Um... Now, I'm sure you agree with me. It's right to try a few grapes, isn't it? No, I do not. Um, it's, a, it's a no. It's a no from me um, because if everybody does that, there'll be no grapes left for anyone else. That's so <laughs> Ellie, Ellie, you can you tell me now, swear on your life that you've never pinched a grape or maybe a cherry or something from the supermarket? Oh, well, you know what? I was thinking about it while I was on hold and I was thinking if they had a sampling tray for the grapes, well, then yes, I'd take them. But no, I don't. Okay. Um, Hubby does that. He takes them and samples everything and I'll go, no, not okay. <laughs> thank you, Alan. All right. Um, I'm with you, girl. Thank All you right. very well, much. Well, 131060, right or wrong this morning, Beck? It's a, it's a wrong for you. Yeah, it's a wrong for me to eat grapes in the grocery store. Oh, look, I went. I won't say I've never done it. Yes. I would. I probably have pinched one before, but oh. I feel. But I feel guilty about it. Listen, Pinocchio. It. What about this? And this is a great Facebook from Marie. She said, "I want to know why the grapes are in an open bag. It's because we can try them and taste oh. them." Correct, Marie. Surely you've taken I, a grape. Come on. I reckon I, I. I can't rule out doing it. I've probably done it once, but I felt guilty, and I oh, won't yeah. do it again. Now I've made such a strong stand about it. Well, looking at our socials uh, on Facebook here, it is almost a clean sweep. No. Like, uh, hang on. Look, Jody says here. Yep, it's right. I've got to know if they're too sour or too sweet. Okay, I've got two no's. Daniela, no, they need to be washed. And Carolyn, nope. See, many do it along with nuts, apricots, etc. It's stealing. It's not stealing, it's sampling. Uh, Teresa from Paynham. Okay, right or wrong, just to uh, grab a little handful of grapes and give them a taster. Oh, there's nothing wrong with it at all. If you're paying for it, you need to test the quality of it. So Yes. I agree, but I'll go one step further. Back in the days when my nonna was here, I used to take her shopping. Yep. And because eggplants are a big thing in our Italian culture and they've got to be certain, you know, they've got to be ripe and everything, mm. nonna would cut it in half <gasps> to make sure that it was okay before she bought it. Where'd she get the and knife from, Teresa? She carried a butter knife because she knew we were going to go and get eggplants. So how embarrassed do you think I was? <laughs> Walking um, with my nonna, and I said, and when they weren't good, she just chuck it. Said, "Nuff, not buying it." I love that, uh, Teresa. Yeah, you obviously were there with nonna. Um, how do we tell a good eggplant if we cut it open? What are we looking for? Oh, look, with these Italians, I don't know. They've got, they've got. I don't know. Their eyes are built to know what's good with fruit mm. and veg. But I think it had to be like a green tip at the end. Right. And, because yeah. a lot of them were going mouldy inside. Nothing worse than a bad eggplant, Teresa. Yeah. We all know that. Yeah, You've that's got a very good, good point. Ones. You want a good eggplant. Uh, Karen from Claire. Right, eh, Karen? Right or wrong? Mark Soderstrom, what are you thinking? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> 
Oh, my God. Well, firstly, I've just run Grant Stevens. He's on his way, so I hope you've got clean undies on. (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, did you have a shirt on? Because otherwise you would have been dripping sweat on those grapes. (laughs) And thirdly, did you put them back for me to buy with your sweat on it? Yeah, that's good. Look, Karen... Amazingly named woman, Karen, in this case. <laughs> Karen, I love you. You, you are in my wheelhouse. <laughs> Good on you, Karen. Okay, uh, well, Beck, our next caller, well, this could be the definitive answer, whether it's right or wrong, mm. because we've got JP Drake from Drake Supermarkets oh, who's caught up. JP, good wow. morning, sir. Good morning, and I must admit, after hearing this conversation, it did make me say there is nothing wrong with trying some of South Australia's finest <gasps> produce just to make sure that it's good. Or, and then when you buy it, it's no problems. But, so, yes. you know, your cherry pips, mate, you know, they're a tripping hazard. <laughs> and, and you've got to ask yourself, like, like you've got Teresa's there's mother's. She's probably now in jail for stabbing someone with an eggplant. <laughs> but, but so you've got to ask yourself, where does it stop? I can mm. see you in the toothpaste style trying a bit of toothpaste <laughs> brushing your teeth on the way out. The extra bright right white. <laughs> mate, I don't need toothpaste for these teeth. They're not even mine, mate. They're that white. JP, can I ask, honestly now, obviously you're running all your supermarkets there. Are you seriously okay if people just try a, a couple of little ones just to check that they're getting the right stuff? Uh, especially if they're going to buy. I mean, we, we do have customers that come in, they fill up a bag and they walk around and eat the whole bag and walk out. Yes. This is um, this could be you, Soda. But, um, <laughs> but what you're saying, you know, to try something, it's quite normal. And, and with the pips and the cherry pips, I can tell you on behalf of all my staff, it, people are disgusted to find that people put cherry pips back in the cherries when people are buying them. It's disgusting. Mm, yeah. So you've got to have a good hard look at yourself yeah. out there with the cherry pips. Yep. But, you know... Hey, we're all humans here. We're not. We're not stealing cars. We're not driving in the right-hand lane, annoying people driving slow. Correct. We are try tracing some of the produce that you'll soon be tasting and hopefully enjoying on your tables that all night. Right. So everything Beautiful. in moderation. Yeah. There we go. JP Drake, thank you so much. There's the definitive. We've got the bloke that owns the supermarket yeah. saying it's okay, okay to try a few grapes and some cherries, not cherries, um, and also some nuts. <laughs> not. Give the macadamias cherries. a little crack. This is SAFM's Beck and Soda. Yesterday, there was a Qantas flight from Auckland to Sydney. It lost one of its engines back. Yeah, issued a Mayday call. Now, that's very rare. That's the most serious call absolutely. you can make. Well, your Mayday is when you're essentially in grave and imminent danger. Mm. Um, it would have been absolutely frightening on board, I would imagine, although mm. I understand the Qantas staff handled it magnificently well. Well, Simone from Adelaide was on the plane alongside her husband, Colin. She joins us now. Simone, I've got to ask, how, how are you feeling? Yeah, good. I just had a really good sleep and I'm up and bright and early listening to you guys. Oh, Simone, obviously the thing you're going to be a bit rattled and everything, but you sound quite bright and bubbly. But take us through what it was like on the plane and what happened. Well, look, everything was systems go as usual. And then probably about an hour or so into the flight, we were sitting actually on the left-hand side, which was the engine that went. We heard mm. a bang and um, had a bit of a shudder and I kind of thought it's kind of like the sound you would hear when you have the landing gear going down it's that sort of Mm. bang Um, didn't think too much of it thought Mm. it was a bit weird but they didn't make any announcements and it was only when we sort of landed or came down to land that they first mentioned that there was an issue they didn't say to the extent and it was only when we're on the ground that actually said yeah we lost an engine as you do 
But when you came into land, could you see all the ambulances and the fire engines waiting yes. for you? Yes. They did tell us that we'll have a bit of a um, an entrance party. <laughs> so, Simone, did they not give any reason at all? I mean, I, I love the fact that everyone stayed and remained calm, so it sounds like the guys on the flight were terrific who ran it, but you must have seen all this uh, arrival party and gone, what the hell has happened? So initially, the, um, the first contact we have from the captain saying about that there was an issue, he just mentioned that there was a mechanical, technical issue with the engine and we'll, um, we lost a few few things on a technical side he Mm. didn't actually say we lost the engine so we just knew that there was a little bit of a technical thing um and then it was owned and that he said because of that we'll be met by the ground staff uh, with Mm. all the trucks and everything and uh and then actually when we landed he said yeah just to let you know we lost the engine whoa we're here you had your husband colin next to you didn't you yes and I'm thinking, like, if they go, look, we've lost an engine, things are going on, isn't that the point in a flight when you look around and go, well, this yeah. could be the last chance? We might just, yeah. you know. Love you, doll. Yeah. <laughs> just get a little um, passion. Yeah, I think the other thing that we learned from this, which I never knew, but I do now, mm. that a plane can run quite well on one engine. There Who would have thought? There you go. That's and like it a... doesn't go around in circles. Yeah, but that's a very good point. <laughs> That's so I'm like, not sure how they do that. <laughs> it's like the human body with a kidney. If you lose a kidney, you can function well enough on your one kidney. There you go. Exactly. I'd, still, I'd still rather have two. And I, but I love, Simone, that you actually heard the moment that a Qantas flight lost an engine. I mean, that's a pretty rare... Yeah, it, it is. I'm, I'm realising actually how rare it is. Next time I'll hear it, I'll probably be a bit more twigged onto it, but hopefully <laughs> I don't have to hear That'll that. That'll be the left but engine. <laughs> Yeah, another one down. Um, But as flights go, it's not the worst that we've ever had. Well, Simone, thank you so much for sharing your experience on the Qantas Mayday flight yesterday. Uh, I'm I'm glad everyone's okay. That's all right. We're back on Qantas in a couple of days going back to Auckland. The ironic thing, we weren't actually meant to be on that flight anyway. There's always those sliding door moments with these flights, (laughs) isn't there? Exactly. You're listening to SAFM's Beck and Soda. Beck, not only are we finding out stuff about you and I as mm. we get to know each other better, but we're finding out stuff about all of our team. Yeah. Now, we just discovered that there was this big flight yesterday, the Qantas flight that came from New Zealand. It lost an engine. Simone told us about it. When we were outside just moments ago, we also discovered that two of our producers, producer Rach and producer Nick, were actually flighties and used to work together, mm. which is insane. I know. What a career change in the same direction. <laughs> I want to see you in your little uniforms, Ooh, girls. I still have mine. <laughs> so you guys actually work together. Yeah, it was fun getting on the PA. Yeah. <laughs> I loved getting on the PA. The two radio gals like, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Nick, tell us about this situation because you said when there is an emergency, there's this concept called Bob. Who or what is Bob? Okay, so we're trained to always look for able-bodied people. So when we're doing the emergency demonstration, all that stuff, we're looking for people who could help us, but we're also looking for Bob. So Bob (laughs) is a babe on board. What? (laughs) No. This is because sometimes, like what happened yesterday, the pilot might pipe up and say, all cabin crew and passengers must be seated immediately. Immediately. That means sit your bottom down wherever you are 
or on top of whoever you find. <laughs> and they have to cuddle you, basically. Really? Because you're about to hit some turbulence. So you don't even get the chance to walk down the end of the aisle no, to sit in you your have proper to seat? find a seat and no. sit and, and buckle up. And so, so you've pre-scouted who on the plane, mm. Rachel, you're aware of this, yes. who on the plane you would yes. pop your butt onto yeah. in an emergency? Ideally, the cutest one on the plane would be your bob. <laughs> What? So, good. so when people come to the front and mm. they show you their boarding pass and you mm. go, okay, just down to the right and so forth, you guys are actually working together mm. and you have your little eye contact and so forth to turn around and go, right, that's, that's my guy that. or mm. that's my girl. Yeah, we're judging you. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, spewing yeah. if you end up on Gary and I were two and Bob was down on 28. Oh. <laughs> I wonder You're sort of if you've ever been someone's Bob. Wow. Back in the day, perhaps. <laughs> Is that- do, do, would Beck be a bob, do you reckon? Beck's a bob. Really? Yeah, Beck's oh, a bob. I don't put a lot of um, time into my travel look. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some more of an effort now so I can be bob. <laughs> well, speaking of travel, now I didn't know that both Rach and Nick worked together, but I did know, Rach, because we've known each other for a long time, mm. that you have been a hosting. Yes. Can you please reveal in this whole point of us discovering more about each other, can you talk about this phenomenon? We've gone from Bob's. Can you just talk about this crop dusting scenario? Because I think Beck and Nick and everyone needs to know about what you used to do as a hostie. Well, I used to get a bit of a sore tum-tum flying all the time. So I would just walk down the aisle and crop dust the passengers and blame the stench on them. I didn't want my colleagues to know it was me letting one go. <laughs> and I actually do it all the time in the studio here and just blame it on you. <laughs> you soda. You filthy pig. Oh. SAFM's Beck and Soda. Well, Beck, we're still in the exploratory phase of our relationship, aren't we? <laughs> what? Stop, Beck. What? Stop. Well, we're getting to know each other. Yes. Yeah. We've known each other for like two weeks. Yeah, like we said, we're feeling each other out at the moment. We're just getting to see what makes you tick and so forth, Yeah. You know how to push my buttons already, that's oh, for thank sure. thank you. <laughs> All right, mate, move on. <laughs> One thing I discovered about you yesterday, now you said that you took the girls to go and see the movie Avatar, something yeah, the about going water, in the water. The way of water, the new one. Mm. Something about water. going in the water. <laughs> something going in the water. Well, yeah. the other one, the original one was Avatar. Avatar, something about trees. Yeah. <laughs> now this is Avatar, something about water. water. What fascinates me is this is the number six movie in the top ten list of all-time money makers in Australia already this is the second one all time yeah and number one is avatar hanging around in trees is number one so I find this fascinating but you went to the water one with the girls and what was quite amazing was you started crying this was what you revealed yesterday I was just sobbing and Grace sitting next to me was sobbing and they killed this majestic animal Majestic CGI generated <laughs> animal, but still very sad. I didn't expect to cry, and I had 3D glasses on, and they were fogged up. It was a disaster. Do you cry in movies normally? I'm a big crier. I'm I'm a big crier in life. I, I cry daily. Oh, really? <laughs> that helps cleanse me. <laughs> Salt water's good for your skin. Get it out. Um, so you would cry in what? What sort of normal movies would you cry in? I, I just like rom coms. Right. Yeah, yeah, everything and anything. Okay. So, but crying when a majestic CGI beast dies is a little. Uh, yeah, I'm an animal lover though. Right. Um, <laughs> I know it wasn't a real animal. It's not an animal, mate. <laughs> it was a symbol of whaling. It was not a symbol of whaling. <laughs> You're a symbol of whaling. Um, a whaling, as in crying. Yes. yes. Uh, it got Get me it? thinking though of the different films that you may cry in, and yeah. there are the obvious ones. Like, what what would be the oh, most obvious film someone would cry? Right, Marley and Me. Right. All those, those real tearjerkers. Ones that I've never seen before. Schindler's List. Oh yeah, that's okay. That's fair enough to cry. In. Shawshank Redemption. Cried? Yeah. 
Yes. What if you had to swim through poo to get out? <laughs> really? <laughs> poo. I've reached my you... poo threshold. What about you? What what made what well, movie made you cry? I didn't cry in Shawshank Redemption. Well, I, I can tell you one that is a bit of a no-brainer. Ever seen that film Lion with Dev Patel? And it's oh. based on a true story. I haven't because I've heard how sad it is. Magnificent. And the, the little boy is called Saru. And what happened was um, he gets separated from his parents. No. And he ends up living in Australia, I think, doesn't he? And he gets on Google and finds where he came from because he can remember a water tower in India as a kid. True story. I was bawling. But we talk, we're talking about unlikely films today. I know. So that one is a bit of a no-brainer. But there is one film that's haunted me ever since I was a little child and it made me cry. Mm. Do you want me to give you a line from it? See if you can pick it. Here it is. I am not an animal. I am a human being. Is that Monty Python? <laughs> no, it's not Monty Python. It's the Elephant Man. Yeah. Oh, Do you ever remember that film? I never watched What's it. The line? Say the line. It's... it says, I am not an animal. Right. I'm okay. a human being. And, made you cry. and I heard, I went and saw this film with my dad when I was a kid. And I'm mm. not joking. I was in absolute tears and I had a lump in my throat. So every time I think about that, because that's meant to be based on a real story where Mm. this guy was Mm. deformed and they put him into the circus and Mm. exploited him. Um, But that got me every single time. So what I want to know is 131060, give us a call. What is the unlikely film that made you cry? Oh, we're talking about the movies, the unlikely ones that made you cry after Beck just poured them out over <laughs> some sort of creature that passes away in Avatar the Water Anyone movie. Anyone who's seen it will understand. It was mm. emotional. I watched the first one. It went for four and a half hours in the trees. I will never watch the second one underwater. No chance on I this might planet. I have been premenstrual. <laughs> Charlotte from Brooklyn Park. Okay, Charlotte, what's the movie that uh, brought tears for you? Morning, guys. So I absolutely bawled in Mean Girls when Regina George got hit by the bus. <laughs> right, hang on. We might have the moment here. Hang on. So don't try to act so innocent. You can take that fake apology and shove it right up your hairy <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and that's how Regina George died. Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, do you wear pink on a Wednesday in tribute, Charlotte? <laughs> no, I don't, but I probably should start doing that in tribute, yes. Oh, mm. um, Charlotte, how old were you when you first saw Mean Girls and it made you cry? Oh, I think I was about 14, 15. Okay. Oh, thank it's you so much for that such a good one. movie. I've never seen it. Oh, it hasn't dated at all, it's great. Uh, Andrea from Paralawi, Andrea, the movie that was a tearjerker for you? Um, it's uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and it was when his heart was growing. Oh, Aww. that's actually quite nice. <laughs> Let's have a listen. Nash! Help me! I'm feeling! Are you welling up now, Andrea? <laughs> Emotional. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you know what? That doesn't sound dissimilar to the elephant man that we heard. Before. I'm feeling. <laughs> I am not an animal. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Your eyes are going to be glasses. <laughs> On Facebook, thank you, Leonie, who's agreed with me that she also cried when the majestic creature was hunted. Why were they hunting the creature? Because it has a um, substance inside it that promotes eternal life, and everyone oh. they were selling it for millions of dollars. Really? Mm. Okay, really unfortunate for the CGI creature. Um, <laughs> what about Donna on Facebook? She cried during the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> I did like that movie. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I love this one. Catherine, 
She cried during Wayne's World. Remember Wayne's World with Mike Potty Myers? time. Excellent. That's it. Um, she cried when Wayne and Garth thought they weren't um, you know, worthy enough to party with Alice Cooper. <laughs> I love them. We're in Delaware. Okay. Uh, the unlikely movie that made you cry. Zara's in Prospect. What was it? It was Shrek 2 um, when the gingerbread drowned, uh, the giant gingerbread. It was oh, the most yes. heartbreaking thing I've ever seen. Uh, I pulled my eyes out uh, while watching it with my nephew. And he was like, are you okay? I'm like, no. Let's, let's take you back there now, Zara. Let's take you back there. Here it is. Oh no, there he goes. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> oh Zara, I can picture him going down. Is that triggering for you? Oh, it's very triggering. Uh, it brings a tear to my eye right now. <laughs> Not my gumdrop buttons. <laughs> okay, Sophie in Happy Valley, the movie, the unlikely movie that made you cry. Hi guys, it was actually when Dobby died in Harry Potter. Oh, I have never cried harder in my entire life. Dobby, another creature that wasn't actually real, like the gingerbread and like... What's Dobby? I, I haven't seen any Dobby Harry Potter Dobby's little house, ma- house mouse he's, or house Yeah, elf. he's like house a elf. cute little elf. He's a half elf and he's mm. super cute and he's like in the whole, all of the movies until like the mm. last one or oh, whatever. I got a, I got a, and then he... Yeah. I, I got a little yeah, grab for you. So Come, on, Come on, Come on, Dobby. Oh. Oh, no. Help me! Oh no. You going? Such a beautiful place. Here he goes. And to be with them. Oh, he's gone. Yeah. You right. okay, so, so what was he, a mouse or an oh, elf? Oh, you're right. An elf. He was an elf. <laughs> <laughs> right. And he's so cute. You have to watch Harry Potter. It's great. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Have you but missed Harry like... Potter? Um, Sophie, yeah. I have never seen one Harry Potter film in my entire life. Hmm. Oh, That's your so kids disappointing are the boys to hear. It. And your girls. Really? Mm. Yeah, it's great. Okay. Mm. Got to get into it. I saw the stage show once. You oh. know the stage show Harry yeah. Potter? Mm. And the guy um, who played... Carl in Underbelly. Hmm. Who's Carl, that bad crook? Yeah. You know what's his name? Carl. Carl, um, Carl Williams. Williams. Mm. Yeah, he played one of the guys. And all, all I kept looking at was like this gangster was in... Um, right. Yeah. Welcome to your- SAFM's Beck and Soda. A new way to wake up. Get SAFM's Beck and Soda anywhere, anytime on the free listener app. SAFM. Mm-hmm.